beautiful podcast listeners and welcome to another episode of watering my grass a black girl experience so on today's episode i want to just talk a little bit about family ties so me personally i have not had a great relationship with my father for about i want to say two to three years now um i just spoke with him yesterday like my first message to him over text after about i don't even know four or five months um actually five to six yeah four or five months is right and you know it was a very long thoughtful message about like how i just did not like his actions i did not like how i he treated me more like an individual or rather a person than his daughter and how i felt like he had basically abandoned me even though you know he still has two other children that he speaks to on a regular basis who aren't even my half siblings they're my whole siblings you know same mother same father and you know he told me he was like oh yeah well we can do therapy and i realized like from past family experiences that when he says therapy he just means a place where he can talk over talk you and therapist and you know just entice a lot of strong emotions that I don't want to have with him just yet so I was like no we can definitely just do a lunch and so and basically my relationship with my father was it's just been so out of whack and with my mother you know it was hard with my mother for a little bit but we grew out of our differences and me and my mother have the strongest relationship that we've ever had and with my siblings we also love each other very dearly it's just the common denominator is my father and his negative influence over us and so in today's episode i just want to talk a little bit about how You know, family can influence a lot of the decisions you make, as well as how just because, you know, you may be going through your issues as an individual that doesn't give your family the right to basically, you know, push that off because you're family. So growing up, I don't know if I mentioned this in the last episode, but I was the good child. I was the perfect child, the golden child, the child that got the good grades, participated in class. You know, I was a class clown, but I never let it interfere with what I was planning for myself as an adult. And I don't mean to quote unquote tell on my brother and sister, but they had a little bit of a rough streak when it came to, you know, following rules and stuff like that. But it was never really a problem for me. It was always a given that I would be the one who, you know, followed the rules and did what was right. But it really harbored on my mind a lot because I felt like I could never make mistakes. I always had to be perfect. I always had to get good grades. I couldn't get in trouble. I couldn't do anything that would warrant negative attention. So this caused me to hide a lot of things from my family. It caused me to hide a lot of my pain, a lot of my emotions, because I feared that if I told anybody, you know, I would get yelled at, I would get consequenced, I would be in trouble. So a lot of the things that I experienced growing up, I experienced them alone. Like um, I had bulimia when I was eight. I started self-harming when I was 10 years old. Um, 
And I was just doing a lot of things that, you know, adolescents shouldn't really do or, you know, if they are doing, they need some sort of help. But because I thought, you know, that asking for help was a sign of weakness, I just didn't. And in turn, it left me with a lot of hate for myself. It left me with a lot of hate for my family, a lot of hate for my siblings, especially because they always got the opportunity to do wrong and do bad. And, you know, my parents would let it slide. But then there was me who was doing well. And it's like I rarely ever got the attention that I needed. And as I got older, I learned how to hide a lot of my emotions. I won't even say that I coped with it because I don't think I did cope. I think I more so was just like, okay, well, you know how this goes, so you might as well just keep it to yourself. And by doing that, it left me very lonely and almost very isolated from my family. And the only time we would really, you know, come together would be for like birthday dinners or things like that. Um, my parents are divorced. Um, they've been divorced since right after I was born. And I think that has played into how my relationship with my parents go, especially because I am the middle child, so I just don't really know how to cope with not getting a lot of attention. Um, it seemed like the only time my parents gave attention was when it was negative attention. So I tried not to feed into that with my parents, but in turn, I ended up feeding into the negative attention with myself. So as I continue to get older, and I want to say around like middle transitioning into high school, um, yeah, something happened with my dad. So I had gotten my cycle, and I was one of those girls, well, I am one of those girls where like my first to my first and second day cramps are just unbelievably terrible. Like I, I can't move, I can't go anywhere, I can't hardly sit. And so I had told my dad, I was like, hey, you know, I can't come because he wanted me, my brother and sister to take a bus, then a train, then sit in a car and go to his friend's house, you know, one of his um, best girlfriends house. And I was like, no, I'd rather just stay at home, you know, where I'm comfortable and, you know, just be here. And so the... I did eventually end up going over to her house, but when I got there, he was upset. Like, he was highly upset because he believed that I was trying to get back at him, you know, for not wanting to be over there. And he thought I was trying to do it to, you know, defile, defile his name. And he basically called me a liar for experiencing my period cramps. And that really hurt me because I was just like, well, if you can't believe your own daughter who has suffered these cramps, especially cramps that your mother experienced before she had you, it's just like, why would I feel comfortable telling you anything? Why would I want to have a good relationship with you if all you're going to do is patronize me? And so that was kind of really like the deal breaker for my relationship with my dad. Um, I never really looked at him the same after that. And yeah, you know, as I got older, you know, we still did things together. And, you know, I still did love him as a dad. But that was always in the back of my mind, especially because I never got an apology for it. And I definitely think it's something that a lot of parents don't take into account. They don't take into account how what they say to their children will live with them much longer than they will live. 
and it really hurt me because I thought that my dad was somebody that you know would support and guide me but here he is calling me a liar for experiencing a natural womanly thing and so that really was a deal breaker for my relationship with my dad and what ended up happening was I just looked for attention in the wrong people I didn't hang out with the right crowd I mean I hung out with the right crowd but the people that I spent some of my time with it wasn't necessary I oftentimes felt very isolated from my peers just because like I didn't really hang out with people after school and I was very depressed in high school like highly depressed but you know nobody really knew so it wasn't really like you know anyone really cared because I just wasn't telling anybody and then on top of that I was just not happy with myself I was very unhappy with myself and I hated my image I hated my family I just was not happy at all and my brother and sister were continuing to get in trouble you know I was still you know making good grades still doing good in school you know, just being the best student that I could because, you know, I figured that if I stayed on the right track, then, you know, hopefully I would get rewarded for it. But the thing was, growing up, you know, you don't get rewarded for doing good, but you do get attention for when you do bad. But I was just too afraid to do bad or too afraid to let anyone in to what was going on because I feared that I would be scrutinized or I would be sent to a mental hospital and then, you know, that's forever on my record and then I can't get a good job. And a lot of that just really kept me hidden from my own emotions. I pushed everything away. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I didn't want to see anyone. And, you know, my parents just assumed that because I was still doing well in school that I was okay. When in reality, I wasn't. I was drowning. And everyone could see me, but no one was throwing in a life raft. Or no one was, you know, jumping in to save me. It really hurt because um, when I had came home from college my first, well, when I came home from college my first semester for winter break, me and my dad had this huge, I don't even want to say argument, but I was really just standing up for my little brother and, you know, my dad just, he was feeling that I was disrespecting him even though I hadn't called him out of his name. I was just trying to communicate with him the best way I knew how to, but since my dad and I never really had conversations, it just came out like I was yelling. And I mean, I was, but I was just like, I mean, you can't attack my little brother and expect me not to say anything about it because that is my little brother at the end of the day. Like, I'm always go hard for him. I'm always love him and I will always stand up for him no matter what. And after that, it really shifted the dynamic of me and my dad's relationship because he was just so narcissistic, very selfish. He didn't really care about the well-being of us. He, he was a present but absent father, which I think is something very heavily ignored in the black community because people always assume that if your father is in your life, physically in your life, that he is present emotionally and mentally but that was sadly not the case for my family. And my father really caused a lot of, and I'm not gonna say that he caused all the issues, but he caused a lot of issues between him and my mother, which in turn rubbed off on the children. 
and although my brother and sister they have documented cases of like where you know you could see their hurt you could see their pain I really didn't you know I went to therapy but I lied to my therapist in fear that you know I would be that one case where she's like oh I have to tell your parents this you know because it's you know putting your life in danger and I didn't want that you know I didn't want to have to change the course of my reality to get help essentially I didn't want help I thought I could do everything myself and the reality was I can't I couldn't but I was going to keep doing it and honestly I think the best thing for me was just getting out of the house it was coming to school it was experiencing all these hardships that I top on top of what I already experienced and just doing it again myself and I think having my mother's support even after me and my mother had a fight of our own it really helped me it really helped shape me into the individual that I am today and I think the reason why me and my dad's relationship had been on such a has been on the rocks is because I remind him so much of my mother and you know that was his ex-wife that's the mother of his children so it's like it's a reflection of all the this all the things he's done to her and you know instead of facing it he just pushes it away but I really think that the moral of this podcast is that you know family has a large effect on how you live your life how you go about things and in my sociology class that I'm in right now with um, Professor White family is one of the largest is the most valued and most important social institution because family teaches you how to you know play with others it teaches you the rights the wrongs the norms the sanctions all the important things that you need to survive in life and it seemed that the only time my family was you know teaching me something was when it was a consequence to your actions you know negative it was usually negative and my family taught me a lot of hiding a lot of secret secrecy and a lot of just struggling by yourself and right now my brother myself my sister and my mother we are all on good terms we have a great relationship and I just reached out to my father yesterday about rekindling our relationship because I realized that you know it's not normal to not have a father it's not okay to not have a father but at the same time it's like if I can you know do something to alleviate the pressure for myself I will because honestly I would have I was never going to reach out because I always just seem like hey like he's the father he's the adult he should reach out I'm only the child but I realized that I can't wait on people to do things. I have to do it for myself, especially for my same peace of mind and my sanity. So I did reach out to my dad, you know, we're gonna have some sort of lunch when I come back. And, you know, I just hope that he realizes that this is really (laughs) his last chance because like I can't keep on allowing his influence to have or to hold negativity over me. And I want to say to anyone who has an absent parent or who feels like their existence doesn't matter within their family, just talk to them. 
I mean, like, you just have to talk to them. If you can't talk to them, then you can't really do anything. And how you communicate with your family, it usually tells how you will communicate with others. You know, your family is where you start everything. So if you can't have that open and honest conversation with your family, then you're not even going to be able to have it with yourself. So I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. It was kind of short, short from the last one, but it's just something I've been thinking of. And I will see you guys again for the Black Girl Experience. Bye.